This is Reasons to be Mindful, a podcast about everyday people who practice some form of mindfulness or meditation to make life easier and more enjoyable. I'm your host, Jen Hill, founder of Right Brain Liaisons, and I'm interested in how people apply different techniques and practices to keep their mind fit, healthy, and better able to deal with the unavoidable challenges of being human. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Natalie Michels, CEO and long-term meditator, about mindful leadership, how her daily meditation practice supports self-awareness, emotional regulation, and mental health and how it fosters better connection, communication, and compassion in the workplace. Natalie Michels, I know that you've been meditating for a number of years. Can you tell us how you got involved with meditation? It was a gradual process, actually, and it probably began around about 15 years ago, just wanting a little bit more for myself, and it all evolved from just life experiences that weren't necessarily uh, the most easiest to deal with as as it happens to everybody and you know struggled with a few of them with my uh, headspace and started to try to reach out to look for different ways that I could help myself look at things in a different perspective in the early days there wasn't uh, any apps that you could quietly sit at home and be guided with so I did do quite a number of WEA courses and it just kind of went from there most of the 15 years has been reasonably informal but a number of years ago I actually was uh, quite unwell I, I was very very sick and that made me put a lot more emphasis on mindfulness and meditating and and how it must be an essential part of my life. I've evolved significantly over the period of time. So it's been a very positive journey for me. You're a young female CEO and you've been in that role for over seven years. Can you credit any of that career success to your meditation practice? Very much so. It's been quite a high stress position that I've currently got. My husband and I actually own the business, but also therefore being the CEO, especially when you work with your husband and being the boss, that takes a lot of practice and communication and understanding, but also being mindful of how other people are feeling, picking up on those little pointers when they arise, not reacting emotionally actually just trying to remove that and look at things from their perspective and not reacting straight away taking anything personally especially when it comes to business because at the end of the day it is business and my one of my uh, company values is happiness um, and I speak to all my staff about it because it's often something that people think could be unattainable or is fleeting and it's not there regularly but Within our business, happiness is a real thing and uh, it's our goal to come to work and be in a happy place. It has been quite challenging being a CEO in a manufacturing environment, being a female. It's very male-dominated. I do stand out and 
and I have no issue with that, but I have found that, you know, in some circumstances, there have been other people that have found that maybe unnerving or unsettling, for whatever reason, I've been at conferences where a particular person has been incredibly rude to me and, and it's been, you know, a peer who it's an important relationship that I want to continue with, but they're kind of pushing all of your buttons and, you know, you know, they're not really treating me very respectfully. So how do you work through that? That's been quite challenging, to be honest with you. But I've found that being able to try to remove that emotion, not to say I don't feel things, but just going, okay, well, actually, that's not my problem. He has the problem. I'm quite happy uh, in myself and uh, I feel that I'm doing a good job. So if he feels threatened by that, then that's really his problem. I've actually brought mindfulness into our business. It wasn't mandatory. It's something that I just wanted to offer. And I actually had really good feedback from that. Not only does it help yourself, it helps everybody around you. I'd love to see a world where that was being taught in schools. That would be wonderful. I feel that it's such a necessity. It is just as important as learning maths and English and all of that, you know. <laughs> I think actually it's more important in some aspects. Absolutely. And as you say, emotional regulation and the ability to have better communication with other people is, is huge and, and we, we don't do anything in isolation. So I just, I would love to see more mindful leadership like you're showing and the difference that makes for workplaces and for employees. Do you have higher retention rates? The retention of staff has been much greater. Uh, I've retained the same team now for the last three years. Yeah, I, I'm really happy with the retention we've had. I have found though, also on the flip side, there have been a number of people that have found it a little bit too much for them and it's not really what they want and they've left and that's fine we've got such a good flow it's, it's not necessarily for everyone you know I respect that but for the staff that we have there it's quite a harmonious environment to be in and we spend more time at work than we do at home so I say this regularly to my staff like I see you more than I see my kids sometimes so when I see you I, I'd like it to be a happy environment where you know it's just easy and we're all, we all know what we're meant to be doing. We just get on with it and we do it. And we're all there just supporting each other. Sounds simple, challenging, but it's working. So, yeah, it's, I'm happy with it. The way I'm speaking to you now is the way I would speak with my staff. I like them to know that communication is, is the key and communication is one of our core values as well. It doesn't matter whether I'm speaking with my awesome reception officer or I'm speaking with production staff. We're all human beings, so we're all respectful of each other and we speak to each other on the same level. Having that connection and, and actually, you know, just simply going and saying to every individual, hi, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Just having a simple conversation, just to check in, it makes a difference. It's just nice to be noticed and I think all human beings like to be noticed and if you've done something really well, it's also nice to be acknowledged. It is a simple thing but it's not very common. Using your words, treating people as human beings essentially as e equals. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of obvious thing but it, in the workplace we have that hierarchical situation. As you say, people don't feel valued or, or listened to. Have you noticed any difference in like productivity levels? 
We have found uh, productivity has definitely increased because each of the staff I've found they've been quite supportive of each other. So if someone is a little bit running a little bit behind on their role, they've been quite happy to just to jump in and help them. And no one's pointing fingers saying or blame. It's like it's not your fault. At the end of the day, they're there as a team and we're working on it together. So if we don't manage to deliver in full on time, then it's actually a, a team result. It's not necessarily an individual's result. The way that I communicate with the staff, we just want to be able to look at things and go, well, how can we make things better? Because if there's a, an issue, a frustration, uh, well, how can we make it better? Let's not leave it because it's only going to continue and then it could get worse, which it generally does. You're listening to Reasons to be Mindful, a podcast for people interested in bringing more mindfulness, i.e. presence, into daily life. How in your personal life do you feel that meditation helps you? Just as significant as uh, work, I wouldn't separate any of it. My meditation actually is the most significant thing that I can do for myself every day. To be able to fit it in, I found it quite challenging. At the moment, I do get up very early and I make that my time where I meditate every morning. And it's such a routine for me that if I don't do it, my whole day feels absolutely topsy-turvy. I am using an app at the moment, which I find is really helpful. I really resonate with the Headspace app with Andy. I do actually enjoy working on self-inquiry. I quite enjoy that. It's not just relaxation. I like to reflect on the, the different aspects of life. It helps me, again, not to react emotionally, to see that thought and recognise it. And then you have that choice once you see it. Am I going to react? Am I going to give it life? Or am I going to just go, nah, just flick it off? It's also been helpful to see how you're feeling. Sometimes I've been meditating and I've noticed that I've been clenching my teeth and I notice that and I go, okay, I'll just take a breath, reset. And, you know, sometimes you're meditating and all of a sudden you realise your shoulders are up near your ears too and you go, oh, they don't need to be there. I'll just put them back, (laughs) you know. um, It's really trying to be in that present moment and being with yourself. There have been some times through coronavirus where you can feel quite anxious and, you know, that anxiety did actually come through some of my meditations, but it definitely helped to be able to have that quiet time to see and yourself and, and just go, okay, well, I'm presently I'm feeling this way. None of this is in my control, so is it worth feeling that way? It's just really being able to, I find, question yourself and, and really... Be present with those thoughts. Um, I find it quite fascinating too because, you know, thoughts just appear. Where do they come from? You know, we could have that conversation. (laughs) I find that all quite fascinating. I I know I'll just keep continuing. It's such a routine now. And I know the, the benefits, you know, just being present in the moment. I definitely find I'm a much calmer person. Um, I know my husband would definitely agree. Like over the years, the more that I've practiced 
and I'm just a better person, much more calm, much more relaxed. The biggest benefit has been not that initial reaction emotionally. So if you get, you know, your buttons pushed or something's not going your way or, you know, it's, it's testing your patience or your frustration or a little bit angry, just to be able to pause and see that before you react and then go, actually, I don't need to react that way at all. That's super, super uh, beneficial and something that I'm just so glad that I've been able to continuously learn and then also be able to teach my children as well that there's a different way of looking at it. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. <laughs> Something that you could easily gloss over as, um, you know, sort of so what, but it's actually such a liberating thing, isn't it, to be not at the mercy of your automatic emotional reactions, but to actually be a bit more self-aware and to be able to make a choice. Well, is that really how I want to respond in this situation? Yeah, I agree 100%. I actually find from a business perspective, there have been moments where it's been critical. We're talking about a serious concept. There's a big decision that needs to be made. It may not have all gone how I would like it to. And it gets to the point where you're super frustrated, you're very disappointed. But at the end of the day, none of that is going to change a situation. And so being able to see that and just... Uh, look at it from that perspective and catch yourself before you react <laughs> because if you're working with others which most of us do and you react in that way from my experience you certainly don't get the best out of anybody and that's not a way that I'd like to react anyway but I've just found that in business that's been super super helpful we work with a lot of international distributors they may not agree with something that we're particularly going to do or with certain pricing or things like that and they may be quite rude about things but it's like well you know let's just remove the emotion from from it and just look at it from their perspective and and reply uh, in that sense and it's not to say that we don't feel emotions I don't want it to come across like that of course we do but I'm just talking about the frustrations and things like that I found most often that it's not necessarily my my issue. It does come from an external source. It's how I choose to then deal with that. Um, we had a very serious issue happen through the business and uh, it didn't go the way that we had planned. And it's like, well, what do you do with that? How do you deal with that? So that was quite a, a pivotal point, I feel, where, you know, that baggage, I can choose to hang on to that and I can be angry uh, I can't change the outcome. The outcome is the outcome. Um, but I just went, well, you know, we'll just put it behind us. It's not that simple. You work through it and it comes up, it does come up. It doesn't just disappear, you know, the, they, the thoughts come up. This is unfair. I'm not happy. Why did that happen? That word, why? <laughs> Whether we recognise it or not, it, it actually doesn't go away. You kind of hang on to that. So I have this little analogy where we can take that thought and we can put it in a suitcase. And then with that suitcase, we can say, well, we're gonna send it into space because once it's in space, it never comes back. So then once we visualize, okay, well now it's gone, you can't see it anymore. And I used to talk to my kids like that and it's really mm -hmm. simple, but it's something that's always stuck with me. It's simple, but it's helpful. It does come down to choice and we need to be present to be able to understand that though and go, well, it is choice because the way I'm feeling and thinking is 
is about your choices. You could choose to be happy, you can choose to be sad. Feeling sad and, and depressed and angry, they are all normal feelings just as much as happy, joyful and excited. Feeling sad is normal. Uh, dealing with or moving through um, the loss of a loved person or pet or feeling grief, and that, that it actually will happen to everybody. And the way that you work through those things will be different for everyone. Uh, it doesn't mean we need to label ourselves the way some of society is at the moment where they talk about being depressed and, and anxiety like, well, I, you know, I now I must have depression because I feel depressed or I have anxiety because I feel anxious. It's like I'm not saying that that's not a real thing because it definitely is, but they are a human experience and every human being feels them. I was just going to ask you if you had any practical tips that you wanted to share from your 15 years experience. To set a space, a special space, um, where you regularly go and meditate, I found is really important for me. Um, I have a regular space that I meditate in and now I meditate sitting in a chair. Um, that's just my choice, not lying down. Um, but I find that as soon as I enter that space, my I'm already present. You know, I'm already like, okay, well, here we go. This is my quiet time, my, my time for me. Also, it doesn't necessarily need to be utter silence. A lot of people think that it needs to be in this super quiet Zen space where there's no noise, you know, incense burning. For me, it's different to that. It really is setting up a space that you go on a regular basis. And if it's a bit noisy, planes going over, dogs barking, I just feel that it's okay. You hear it and you let it go. An app can be super helpful because you can set reminders in your phone for you to remind you, okay, I've got to meditate tomorrow, I'm going to meditate tonight. So I would say if you're starting out, that's a super helpful way of going about things. Now, what would you say to someone, perhaps uh, a working mum or someone who says they don't have time to meditate? I think we all can be quite time poor. I found that once you make that commitment to yourself that you want to give it a go and setting the time and space where you know that you can manage it, whether it's two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, it doesn't matter really. It's just setting what works for you and then just doing it. There'll be days where you don't necessarily enjoy it because, you know, sitting down and the thoughts popping in and out are not always happy and easy and they can be they can be all types you know confronting maybe a bit upsetting all of those but the more that we we sit down and give ourselves the time and, and then once you start to recognize that how good you feel from it then it becomes a little bit easier and you go I'm going to do it again tomorrow I think starting off small is probably a good way like if you're really time poor two minutes is not very long even five minutes that five minutes of sitting down is certainly better than no minutes you know the sun comes up the sun goes down whether we choose to be present within that time it's entirely up to us but the sun will continue to come up and go down and life just flits by so super fast and when when you're not present, there's so much time that flits by and, you, and you, you know, when you reflect on it, you go, wow, where did all of that go? What did I actually do? You know, and all those questions start to come up. 
So I think for mums and dads and children, all individuals, it's just about making the commitment to yourself and just starting off and, and not to put too much pressure on yourself. Actually, I would say don't put any pressure on yourself at all. Just start off and see how you go. That's it for today. Thanks to Natalie for sharing her perspective, tips and insights in the hope they help someone else. Next time, I'll be chatting with COO Mark Gregory about Zen meditation. Subscribe to hear future episodes. And remember, this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice. Always see a healthcare professional about your mental or physical health. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and bye for now.